This is a free download from the BBC. For more information, go to bbc.co.uk slash podcasts. So, hello. This is the Ian Lee podcast with me, Justin Dealey. I'm very excited to be here. Justin, I don't... Hi. I don't think you should do it, the podcast. Why? Because Ian told you not to. Yeah, but who's he to say I can't do a podcast? He's Ian Lee. It's his podcast. Yeah, but I'm standing in for Ian Lee. Yeah, but only on the show, not on the podcast. Should we? Can we give him a call or something? Are you scared? A bit. Why are you scared? Because he's about six foot nine. Just, we'll just give him a call, and if he says yes, then we'll just carry on. If I must. Your call has been oh. forwarded to the T-Mobile voicemail. Should we leave him a message? Zero. Yeah. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished, you may hang up. Or press 1 to change your message. You can talk. Me? Yeah, you. Um... Hi Ian, it's Kelly and Justin from Three Counties Radio, the place where you work. I hope you're having a lovely holiday, um, drinking milkshakes and stuff. Just wondering, can we do the pod... Not we, sorry. Can Justin do the podcast this week? Um, He really wants to, for some reason. If you can give us a call back, that would be lovely. You have our number. Thanks. Bye. Is that hung up? Well, until he comes back, I'm going to move on. Okay. To be fair, I have been asking our listeners about this and whether I should be doing the podcast, and we've had an overwhelming response. This is what they had to say. I won't listen because I never use a computer. Do you think that we should do the podcast? Yes, I do. You do? You should do it. I can't get it because I haven't got a computer, but yes, you should do it, definitely. What if he comes after me, though, Shirley? Surely you're capable of standing up to him. I know, but you, he's bigger than me. He's about, what, six foot six? And he wears these check shirts, which are very scary. It's like something out of a horror film, Shirley. Oh, Justin, come on. You, you can give him as good as he gives you. <laughs> yeah, can we have a yes or no, Matt? Is that a yes? Uh, no. Oh, OK. Thanks, Matt. Take care. Cheers. <laughs> Ever now. You see, Kelly, people, they want this podcast from me, Justin Daly. It's true. That is a huge response you got. Exactly. Now, on my first day of standing in for Ian Lee, I came into the office with a spring in my step because the news was that Bross were getting back together. Catherine, are you excited like me about the news that Bross are getting back together? No. I didn't like them. Whoa. I was more of an aha girl. Listen, forget aha. What is wrong with Bros? Three good-looking guys. I found them creepy. They make quality records. I found them creepy. I didn't like the beer bottle thing. Oh, I love the beer bottle thing. No. Oh. No, not my thing. You're on your own. Why are you like this today? It's your birthday. You should be excited. I'm at work. Okay. Well, go home then. Catherine on the news. More to come from Catherine later on. Yeah, Bross are getting back together. Uh, we're about to play a Bross record, but um, this is what happened when I broke the news to people on Friday. Uh, in beds, hearts and bucks. Some people very excited, some people a bit like Catherine. They didn't really care. Afternoon, sir. From the BBC, I've got some wonderful news, getting people's reaction. You know, Bross, they're getting back together. They've announced that now is the time to get back. Are you excited? Nope. Bross are getting back together. Who? Bross. Who, Bross? Yay, that's that's nice. <laughs> Were you a big fan back in the day? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I was young. Have you heard about the exciting news today? No. Bros are getting back together. Yeah. How do you feel about that? No, I'm not interested in them. You don't like Bros? No. What, I owe you nothing? The legendary album Push? Mm. No. I've never heard of them. You've never heard of Bros? No. Really? No, yeah, really. What sort of music are you into? Dance music, really, yeah. Scrap the dance music. Bross are getting back together. This is massive. I'm sure it is, but I've never heard of them, so I wouldn't know where to start. All right, mate. Thanks for your time. All right. Sorry, mate. (laughs) 
Afternoon, sir. So you got your milk there from the BBC. I've got some wonderful news for you. Bross have just announced they're reforming. How excited are you? Good. Good. Good to see you. When will I, will I be famous? Yes. Are you working for BBC? Yeah. So what is, what's happening? Well, Bross have reformed. That's what's yeah. happening. So they're going to be big, is it? Oh, they're going to be big. Is it? You going to go to their concert? Yeah, uh, probably, yeah. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, over the last few weeks, I've been doing some online poetry to try and up my game. So I tried some of my new poems on the resident snob, I mean resident posh presenter, Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Don't just sit there. Grab your picnic blanket and tell everybody, help share the love. If you love radio, go digital. For more information on switching to digital radio and on coverage in your area, search online for BBC Digital Radio. Hey, let's share the love. At nine o'clock today, Jonathan Vernon-Smith is going to be here. Good morning, JVS. Hello, lovely uh, listener. Uh, should us talk like that for the two-way? What do you reckon? I, I, I think that might get a little irritating. What, what's on the phone in today? Are you doing that? I think uh, that's quite a good one. Wait, I think after about 20 seconds, everyone would tire of it. You reckon? Yes, and they turn you off, and we don't want that. No, no. I'm used to turning people on. So, <laughs> um, on the email here, um, I've got some thoughts coming through, but what I'm going to do, I'm actually going to try something on you right now, because I've been doing some online poetry this week. What? Yeah, yeah online poetry. To try and calm me. Oh, my God. <laughs> do I want to be involved in this yes. particular segment? Yes. I've got one about Nick Coffer. You ready for this? Nick Coffer, who's here today from... Uh, is it midday? Starts it is midday. Uh, Nick Coffer does the afternoon show. He's been seen wearing a dicky bow. His trousers are so cool and a little low. I love his prog. It's better than a dog. All the ladies want to give him a snog. <laughs> did you... You wrote that, did you? Yes, I did. Oh, it's beautiful. I've, I've got one about you. I've done them in order here. Of my <laughs> oh, favourite presenters. Right. What have we got? Chetan Partak, Roberto Peroni... <laughs> Jerry Byrne, Ian Lee, David Priva. Oh, here you are, mate. Uh, you're in, you're in 12th. Um, right. Oh, a work in progress for your one. Oh. Um, J.V. Smith has a small quiff. That's as far as I've got. OK? <laughs> well, that's, that's very good. That's yeah. beautiful. That's great, isn't it? For beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine Boyle, the cheeky Catherine Boyle. She is Ian Lee's ninth favourite newsreader at the radio station. For me personally, she's my fifth. Well, Catherine celebrated her 54th birthday in the last two weeks. Bless her. I'm standing in for Ian Lee, and Sophie Scenaria is standing in for me as the reporter on the programme. She is desperate to convince the management that she's a better reporter than me. Just a bit too desperate. Um, day one of your audition, how's it gone for you? Do, you? do you think you've done a good job? Well, definitely, and I'm going to prove it now. You said it was Catherine Ball's birthday today. Yeah. You told me to find somebody to sing a happy birthday. Well, this has got to be quick, but yes. Hi, Let's Diane. Let's do it. Ha- Very quickly, yes. ha- sing, her, sing a happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Catherine. La. Happy birthday to you. Well done. Well done. Mm, Sometimes people just try too hard, don't they? 
on FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. This is the Ian Lee podcast with me, Justin Dealey. Now, last week when I came into work, I was very, very angry because the town where I live, Hemel Hempstead, was voted as the UK's ugliest town. It's not, is it, Kelly? Well, if you want my honest opinion, um, I think Hemel Hempstead sounds like you've got something that the doctor would diagnose you with. Like, oh, oh it's got some, you've got a case of the Hemel Hempsteads. What are you talking about? That's what Hemel Hempstead sounds like. Doesn't make it ugly, though, does it? Well, it's not attractive to have a disease. Yeah, but they're talking about the town, not the name. Okay, got you. Well, let me start that again. Well, if somebody as handsome as you, Justin, comes from a town like Hemel, then it can't be ugly. You're learning well. Well, I spoke to John Taylor from the North End Residents Association. This poll was voted for by the people, something which he couldn't really understand. Can't be an ugly town. We live on the edge of the countryside. It's a wonderful place to live. We love it. I love it too. I just don't understand why anybody wouldn't like it. I mean, Luton, of course... Well, look, people to... say that all sorts of silly things just to create a stir, like you're talking about it this morning. Should you be? It's a nonsense, isn't it? But is it, though? Because people have voted it as the UK's ugliest town. Who voted it? The people. The people who? Well, people. Where? Which well, people? Well, people, get, get full stop. Facts for, right first, Justin, before you even discuss something so silly like this. But anybody, anybody has got the right to an opinion. If people are voting a town as the ugliest town in the country, they've got a right. You, who's telling you who is voting? Well, I don't know precisely well, who's voting. You don't know, so don't make silly comments like that. Okay? Well, it's not a silly comment, Thank you though, very much indeed for your time. Bye-bye. Wow. Uh, John Taylor there, joining us live on the programme. Email 3cr at bbc.co.uk BBC Three Counties Radio Now, from time to time on the Ian Lee programme, it kicks off. A petition has been launched in Leighton Buzzard to save the local police station. In the studio, we had Bedfordshire's Police and Crime Commissioner, Ollie Martins, and the Mayor of Leighton Buzzard, Amanda Dodwell. This may sound boring, but it all of a sudden kicked off out of nowhere. Take a listen to this. Well, what my, what my survey is about is about asking people how do they want to access the police service and there will be a police footprint in Leighton Buzzard. Will it be the old, costly Victorian police station that we've got at the moment? Probably not, but there will be a police footprint in Leighton Buzzard. A police footprint. Amanda, final word from yourself. Yeah, we need to know as a town exactly what you're offering us. Crime has actually gone up in the last year in Leighton Buzzard. We have a low crime rate. Burglary has gone up by 160%. Yes, it up and down if you compare before the, these the, changes and it continues to go up and down. Can I finish speaking? If you compare April to June last year against April to June this year, burglary has gone up by 160%. Crime has also That's gone up by 15.2%. Of a very small amount. That is so, very dodgy. So are you analysis, not, Amanda. No, if, are you not taking the concerns of people whose homes have been burgled? I'm sure that they are very if concerned about crime in Leighton Buzzard. If you look at the burglary rate across the last five years, actually the highest rate was in December 2009, when there were a couple of months where there were 37 yes. burglaries but, a month, right? Yeah, you and cannot, during that period... You cannot the, dispute that in you, the last 12 months, the burglary has climbed in Leighton Buzzard. you police officers being deployed out of Leighton Buzzard, and you still had a burglary rate like like that right. so actually Do the police the having a police station you know if a police station was what fought crime we would be sitting in a low crime area we're ne- right next door to L- uh, Luton police station right. but actually having a police station doesn't make that amount of difference it's not bricks and mortar that catch criminals it's police officers
officers. And I, that's t- what I totally deliver. agree. And I want police officers actually based in the town with local knowledge, not people that are coming out of loot. And I want people that the town know and that faces that are familiar for them to approach. Well, give me a bottomless pit of cash and I'll be happy I to totally deliver that. Accept, we have to work under. Yeah, I totally accept the budgetary constraints, but Luton and Bedford are not the only towns in the district. There's the whole of central Bedfordshire and Aiton Buzzard is the third largest I town. I gave my oath of office and I committed to be a police commissioner for the whole county and that's what I intend to deliver. We've heard both sides. Uh, we're slightly late for the news. Thank you so much for coming in. Um, this debate will go on in the corridor, I'm sure. And yes, it did carry on. Not in the corridor, but in the car park. Shall we try Ian again? No. This week on the programme, we discuss the church bells in Ashwell in Hertfordshire. Some people have complained about the noise, and they could be silenced forever. Have you got any sympathy for anybody who lives near a church and they complain about the noise? Just before the travel news, Andy is in Berkhamsted talking about this. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Justin. Welcome to the programme. What would you like to say, Andy? Uh, Well, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, (laughs) I drive into London every day and I see houses on the North Circular and these people don't complain about the noise of the road. You know, they know when they bought the house, they knew the road was there. There's nothing they can do about it. I mean, I can hear the church bells in Berkhamsted and I think it's wonderful. It's, It's a wonderful, you know, small town kind of feeling. I mean, these are the sort of people that have moved to the countryside and complained about the birds. <laughs> I mean, what, what sort of person do you think is complaining uh, about the church bells? How would you describe that sort of person, Andy? The person that has nothing else to do with their time. So you think they should maybe get a life and move on? Uh, yeah, I think they should, but in, the, in, in, in their defence, uh, the only thing I can say is maybe every quarter hour is a bit too much. Maybe it should be every half hour. But even but so... remember that the chimes are there to provide a service. Well, the thing is that these people that have moved there, they know there's a they, church there, don't they? They know there's a church there. It's been, <laughs> as your, as your uh, previous caller said, it's been there since the 14th century. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's not like it's a new addition to the landscape, is it? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. This is the Ian Lee podcast with me, Justin Dealey. I really think we should give him a call. Why? Because I don't you think... stop moaning? No, I Can just, we just get uh, on with a podcast? Yeah, but I don't think we should do it without his permission. But why? Because it's his podcast. Just give him another, I another call. I thought I was your favourite. You're my favourite Justin, but you're not my favourite Ian. I'll just give him one again. more call. Your call <sighs> has been forwarded to the T-Mobile voicemail service. Please record your message. When you have finished, you may hang up. Or press 1 to change your message. I'll do the talking. Right. Ian, this is Justin. Just to let you know, I've grown some. I'm doing your podcast. Deal with it. All right? Bye. Jeez. That was brave. I'm standing in for Ian. Sophie Solaria has been standing in for me on my reporter shift, and she's not as good as me. <laughs> Were you waiting for me to say something? <laughs> what do you want me to say? No, she's definitely not as good as you. Well, thanks. Well, Sophie has been getting too big for her boots. She's been getting carried away. So I played a little trick on Sophie last week. Lads, listen and learn. This is how to deal with a woman who thinks that she's it. Now, whilst you're here, let me just play this quickly. Dear four in the three counties house, 
and Sophie is still trying to audition to become a better reporter than Justin Daly. <laughs> How do you think it's going for you so far, Soph? Well, I think it's a no-brainer. I think that technically after Ian comes back, you're out of a job, mate. You reckon? What are you going to do? Well, I have been out um, getting some feedback. Would you like to hear it? Oh, God. Go on, then. Here we go. Just getting some reactions, sir. Sophie Sanaria, who's been doing a, a job for us this week at reporting. Um, I, how, how have I, you found her work? I don't know her. How have you found Sophie's reporting this week on the radio? Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, it's fine. Um, reports about what? Sophie Salaria's reporting this week on Three Counties Radio. Have you, have you enjoyed the experience? Yeah, fine. Out of ten? Yeah, eight. <laughs> no, so I don't know really much about it. Just getting some feedback on Sophie Salaria. How have you found her reporting this week? Is she a Luton person? Oh, she's from Essex. Oh, OK, no, I've never heard of her. Sorry. That's fine, thank okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad, to be fair. I thought it was going to be worse. S- say my name. Uh, Sophie Sanaria. Sophie Salaria. Oh, Sophie Saferia? S- Sophie Superior. Oh, 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 like your work. Thank you, Sophie. Doing a great job, Soph. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Bye. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. On the programme this week, we spoke about jokes. No, not Ian Lee, but we spoke about jokes. Because the funniest joke of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival was voted for. It's so bad, we're not even going to tell that joke right now. So we invited the people of Beds, Hearts and Bucks to do better. Sadly, they failed. And that's your latest news and sport. I'll be back with more at nine o'clock. Thank you, Catherine. Just trying to work out um, who's my favourite blonde here. Um, it's not Kelly Betts. But, um, David Catherine... Soul, isn't it? Da- oh, do you know what? David Soul. Should we <laughs> just talk about David Soul between now and nine? I love David Soul. I know. You model yourself on I him, know, don't you? The jacket, the hair, the kind of hi. How you doing? The unbuttoning. Uh, yes, yes. I'm talking jokes today. Um, mm-hmm. The Edinburgh Fringe joke has been named, well, there's certainly the funniest one, which we don't think is funny. Uh, do you want to hear some more jokes from our listeners? Uh... And they're on fire today, aren't they? Come on. <laughs> Go on then. Okay. Doris from Watford. Morning to you, Doris. She says, on a recent visit to my local pub, three men were discussing their children's names. Do you know, said the first man, that I've named my son George after St George's Day? That's funny, said the second. I've named my son Andrew after St Andrew's Day. The third man said, I've named my son Pancake. Oh, dear. Got another one here. Andy says... Uh, Justin, <laughs> Justin, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you, Andy. He says, I burnt my feet cooking a tin of soup yesterday. The instructions said, remove label and stand in boiling water for five minutes. Oh, dear. And Stephen St Alban says, I had my first cage fight today. The budgie never knew what hit it. <laughs> you like them, don't you? Come on. Well, I've just had to change my password. Why? It said I had to use one with eight characters, so I put Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. (coughs) Thank you, Catherine. Now, how do you make a story about an incinerator sexy? I think you have to talk in a sexy voice. You do sound sexy. I know. Or you get somebody on the programme who's going to wind people up. A public inquiry is due to start next month into a controversial energy from waste incinerator in Hatfield. But it emerged on the programme that a quarter of a million pounds in legal fees for the private firm operator Veolia will be met by guess who? The taxpayer. It's a result of a contract which was signed between the company and Hertfordshire County Council, which itself is also spending a quarter of a million pounds. 
pounds. Hey, you did the maths. That's half a million pounds of taxpayers' money. I spoke to Terry Doris, the councillor in charge of waste management at Hertfordshire County Council. This looks ridiculous to me, but um, how did you come up with this contract then? Well, I think the whole thing has to be put into context, first of all. The contract was actually signed, and there was a long and detailed procurement process uh, that followed the uh, uh, Hertfordshire County Council obtaining £115 million of PFI credits to allow this project to go ahead. And as a result of, or as an... uh, being able to obtain that that credit, uh, there had to be a reference site. Now, it was up to the bidders, whoever they may have been, to choose either that reference site or an alternative reference site. That's the first thing to say. Right. The, the next thing to say is that I'm afraid that the press release that has uh, prompted this news item uh, put out by the Liberal Democrats has been, sort of, if you like, e- economical with the truth, insofar as they are saying that we are meeting, our Hertfordshire County Council is meeting any legal fees uh, incurred by Veolia. That is not correct. It is quite common in a contract of this size and this complexity for uh, the the client, which would be Hertfordshire County Council, to meet the excess over a capped figure, which I'm afraid is subject to commercial confidentiality, a capped figure of the uh, applicant or one of the applicants, which is Veolia in this instance. And the excess figure that we believe it will be at the present time is about £250,000. So you are paying £250,000. That sounded like jargon to me, Terry. We have the potential to pay up to £250,000, but that is a small amount compared with what Veolia are actually putting in themselves in their costs. Terry, let me just look at Veolia, Okay, It's a company, they make millions of pounds. Is that correct? I think it probably is. Well, you're working with them, is that correct? I haven't looked at their accounts lately. Okay, so let's just presume they are. Uh, According to my research, they are. Now, if they are to get this contract, again, they're going to make an awful amount of money. Why is the taxpayer paying for that company when they can pay for it themselves? I just don't understand why they are paying for it and not themselves. They are, they, are not pay, they are paying for the vast amount of the cost of But this. you're still saying it's going to be up to £250,000 of taxpayers' money spent on behalf of Veolia. That's what you said. Yeah, and if they were to actually pay more than that, and this is not an unusual, and I have to repeat, this is not an unusual set of circumstances. It, it's risk and reward. If they were to pay a greater amount, then the cost of actually having our rubbish and our waste going into it um, and the gate fees that they would charge Hertfordshire County Council would increase, and therefore it would not be as beneficial. Over the 25 years, it needs to be recognised that Hertfordshire County Council and the residents of Hertfordshire, which includes Paul Zakowski, are going to save something in the order of £670 million pounds in... in uh, that all sounds cost. great. It all sounds great, Terry, but I've got to be honest with you. I'm looking at this, and I... I think this is totally wrong. Have you seen the state of the roads in Hertfordshire? Surely you could spend the money on that as opposed to giving it to another company. You, you and I have talked about roads um, off, off air before now, I know. They're a state, Terry. They're, they are a lot better 
than other places. And let's let's maybe concentrate on the, the, this matter in hand. Well, why don't, don't you concentrate? Why don't you concentrate on saying to Veolia, I tell you what, you pay your legal fees, you want this as much as us, and we'll spend that £250,000 on the roads. Why can't you go and do that? We need to be very clear that when the planning permission was granted by Hertfordshire County Council, we had to... Do, uh, advise the Secretary of State of this planning application. It was, uh, it was the Secretary of State who actually called it in for a public inquiry, and I think it's probably fair to say that he was lobbied quite severely and quite heavily by a number of parties, and Paul Zukowski, uh recognised this in your earlier interview, that it was the, the lobbying parties that persuaded the Secretary of State to call it in. And if it hadn't have been called in, A, the project would have moved forward, and B, we wouldn't have had the costs of the public inquiry. Are you honestly happy with this arrangement uh, and be honest you honestly think this is fair on the people of Hertfordshire? Yes I do I think it's, it, it is a, a cost that has to be borne I think the, the ultimate benefits to Hertfordshire in saving costs a- another statistic for you, in 2007 the landfill tax was £24 a tonne in April 2014 the landfill tax will rise to £80 per tonne and these are the things that we have to actually guard against and we have to protect the future I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I don't think anybody I've spoken to in Hatfield has said we're actually against the incinerator full stop. They're saying that the area's wrong but you're effectively giving money away. If I was Veolia, Terry I would be sitting there right now on a beach somewhere with a glass of champagne thinking this is great because the taxpayer is paying our bill. The, the cost to Veolia, the, we are not lining Veolia's pocket. But you but just said it's up to 250 thousand pounds that's outrageous it is part of the contract that is written it is rip it up you cannot if you we were to rip up the contract justin if we were to rip up the contract now we would be into into veolia for huge amounts of well what idiot put it together then terry because somebody what idiot put this together I'm not, there's no idiot put it together. This is a standard, I have to repeat, this is a standard contractual type of document that was put together around about 2008 or nine. To give money away. No, we are not giving money away. We are not giving money away. We are meeting the costs. And also, let's be quite clear, in the spirit of openness, um, the the public inquiry, which is set to last for uh, six weeks or thereabouts, and which we will be represented at that public inquiry, but also Hertfordshire County Council has to actually pay for the facilities and the administration of the public inquiry. That's also costing us money. So, and, and all of this is in the public domain because my colleague Derek Ashley actually wrote to uh, the Lib Dems and Paul Zukowski uh, at the end of July setting out what those costs were. And the public inquiry costs come from a, a reserve that we have have in place to meet mm. the cost of public inquiries. Okay. And I'm sorry if you think it's an outrageous uh, waste of money. I, I do not agree with you, and I think that going forward we will see when, uh, assuming that this is built, and it is not a foregone conclusion because mm. the Secretary of State may not approve it, but, as, but what do we do if a situation like this is not built, we have to find an alternative way of disposing of okay. our waste. Wow, what an interesting interview that was. Kelly, do you want to hear me flirt with JVS? Always. Of course you do. On BBC.
BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer. Where's dodgy shirts? JBS, good morning. You, you, you can talk today. What? What is this you're oh, wearing? Behave yourself. Is this a blouse? I'm going to strip. Can we get some music for this, actually? <laughs> Hold on oh a second. God. How was your night last night, by the way? <laughs> it was, my night was very good. What are you doing, I'm Justin? Some, I'm feeling slightly concerned. Get some music. You talk He's about... standing up, ladies and gentlemen, in the studio. Why He's are you having a go at my dress sense? Looking for something on the computer. Here we go. Oh, no. Fuck. <laughs> 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 oh, is that it? Did you just take your coat take off? Take the jacket off. <laughs> That was your idea of a striptease, taking your coat off. Hey, listen, I'm not talking about jeans off for you. That's for special people. <laughs> not radio broadcasters. <laughs> you feel better now? Yeah, I feel sexy. It's, it, that's quite a top, isn't it? Ooh, have you sh- Have you shared a picture with roll, the ladies? Roll the sleeves up. Would you, would you like a picture for Facebook? Go, shall I take a picture yeah, now? Yeah, I'll take a picture of your top. Guys, how's your Tuesday going? We're talking jokes today. I'm Justin. I'm standing in for Ian Lee while we take this photograph. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Hang on, no, move your hands. You I can't see your. Lo- Can we have the flash, please? You can't see your lovely, uh, mm. your lovely top. I've, mm. It's rare that you see a man wearing a top like this. Mm, thank you. <laughs> the cheek of it. After the show, he said to me, "Where did you get that top from? Everything for radio purposes, Jonathan." And there's more to come from Jonathan later. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's now go back to Kelly Betts, who makes the worst coffee at BBC Three what? Counties Radio. My- Hello. It is dreadful. It's brilliant. You need to improve. Okay, if it was so bad, then why do I make you at least five cups a morning because and you happily drink them? Because you're the only mug who makes it. <sighs> okay, I'm not going to make you coffee from now on. On last week's programme, Kelly Betts tried to sing Jolene by Dolly Parton. Now, you would think that the lyrics in that song weren't particularly hard. Well, you'd be correct. Yeah. Give us ten seconds of Jolene, come on. Um, well, you said that you were drunk, so you might need to get me drunk. Come on, come it. on, come on, Kelly, you don't can know, do this. I just don't know the words. Jolene, 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 Jolene. Jolene, Jolene, Jolene. Jolene. Oh, that was with passion that I sang that. Where's Sophie today? We're talking onesies. Um, Kelly, I'm in the studio wearing my onesie today, which has been made for me by the BBC. It's a branded BBC onesie, and our listeners can see me out um, out the front of this building at 10 to 9 wearing it today. There we go. Um, do you fancy me more or less wearing this onesie? Um, as if I could fancy you anymore. Probably, I, I don't know, it ups your game. Thanks. For anyone who doesn't know what a onesie is, I've looked it up for them, and the definition, onesie or onesies, bracket jumpsuit, bracket closure, adult jumpsuit styled like an infant bodysuit. So if you can imagine Justin wearing one of those this morning. How about I keep it simple? It looks weird. Now, we're asking the question today, <laughs> is, it, is it ever acceptable for grown men to be wearing onesies? Um, you've been out into the streets here. Uh, first have. for news. What have people been saying about this? First for news, it's an actual mixed reaction. Mm. Some people, no, it's ridiculous. It looks like a baby grow. This is what people have been saying. Yeah, why not? Nothing wrong with it. Onesie's comfortable. It's like stuff that you can wear to bed, so why not? Yeah. What about in the street? Yeah, it's fine. I think it's, everyone's different. Like, I'm wearing two different... Like, Describe to us what you're wearing. Um, right, today I'm wearing half polka dot leggings and half stripy leggings. Because I don't care, you've got to be who you are. Yeah. If you want to be creative with how you dress, then it's fine. Embrace who you are as well. 
So you think he should come out into the street, 8.45 in the car park wearing a onesie? Yeah, yeah definitely. Go ahead. Would you wear onesies in the street? Yeah. I would. We should all have a onesie street park. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That would be amazing. <laughs> Bring everyone together in onesies. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what a onesie is? Yeah. Would you wear one as a man? Yeah, definitely. Describe what you're wearing right now. Um, a bit of gym stuff. So you're kind of wearing a onesie. It's not Could all be. in one, but it's comfortable like a onesie. Yeah, no, I've got a couple of onesies. Would you wear them in the street? Yeah, definitely. So you're all for onesies? Yeah, every time. We're talking about onesies this morning. Is it ever acceptable for a man to wear a onesie? Do you, oh. know, do you know what a onesie is? It's like, imagine a baby and a baby's little baby grow. It's like one of those for a grown man. Do you think that's acceptable for a man to wear one of those? Well, I wouldn't wear one anyway. Is it ever acceptable for a man to wear a onesie? What do you think? No, sorry. You... Absolutely not. No grown-up should be in a baby's outfit. <laughs> do you think men should be allowed to wear onesies? Probably only in their houses or for fancy dress. I think maybe if they're really drunk, then it's sort of acceptable. But, I mean, you know, if, if somebody was walking around town, you know, at 3pm or something in a onesie... It's, so that guy that just walked past us now, if he was wearing a onesie, would you think he was a bit weird? Yes. Would you? Just yeah. a little bit, yeah. To be honest, we're dressed for comfort at the moment because we're doing an all-nighter yes. on an doing? assignment. <laughs> what are you doing? You, doing you, look, you look really cosy. This is the situation for onesies right now. <laughs> it is. I have a blanket with sleeves at home. But Do I wasn't going to come out in it. Not, like you baby know, not, not at the same time that people are going to work. and You'd, you'd avoid people like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> kind of steer clear from, you know, a man dressed know. like a You see everything in loot and tiger, though, to be honest. That's true. Kelly, great research mm. this morning. Um, by the Thank way, um, the BBC engineers have now arrived in the building uh, because the picture of me in a onesie has now gone onto the BBC Three Counties Radio Facebook page and they are bracing themselves because it could well crash this morning. So many people want to see me in this red onesie. Crash from people deleting their Facebook accounts so that they don't have to see it. Is that what you meant from that? Thanks, Kelly. Thanks. Bye. Bye, yeah. Kelly Betts, our reporter, on the streets this morning. This is a free download from the BBC. For more information, go to bbc.co.uk slash podcasts. OK, Kelly, would you like to apologise for your attitude this week? For what? Well, it hasn't been great, has it? What do you mean? That the evidence was there. I thought I... No I effort to, re- to sing Jolene for I us. I tried really hard this okay, week. OK, try again now. Make up for what? it. What? This is th- your chance. This is the Ian Lee podcast. Okay. This is big. All right, I'm going to sing. Then can you put in Dolly Parton's Jolene? Yeah, just sing Jolene for us. Yeah? No, but can you put it in just so it Jolene sounds like I'm you. singing it? Just sing Jolene. I'm not going to do it. Just sing Jolene. Just put it in where it, put in a bit of Dolly where it sounds like it's me. Yeah, I'll do that later. Can you sing okay. it first? And then you put it in okay, there. Okay, can you just sing it now for me? No, I'm not going to sing please, it. Please, just sing it now. Just put Dolly Parton just on sing it Jolene. pretend it's me. Just sing Jolene. No. Please. No. Do it for Ian. No, please. I'm going to text Ian because I'm going to get him, I want him to... Let us know whether we can do the podcast or not. Oh, we've been through all this. Hold on, ten. We've been through all this. Phone on you. We're doing the podcast now. Yeah, but I just feel bad. If Until we just he do says, it. "Don't do it," I'm going to carry on. I'll just text him to turn turn his phone on. Oh, actually, he won't get it because his exactly. phone's off. Let's move on with the podcast. As you heard, I was wearing a branded BBC onesie. I spoke to Dave in Lewsome. He also owns a onesie, but his is, quite frankly, weird. It's bright red, it's branded up with the BBC on it, Dave. Is it ever acceptable for men to wear onesies, Dave? Well, my wife and my sister-in-law bought me one. 
and he, he looks like a monkey suit. If I put this thing on, he's got a tail at the back and a, and a hood. And a hood. If I pull the hood down, he's got a monkey head on it. Oh, this sounds a bit weird, Dave, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. I think maybe you should be in the zoo uh, and not in Luton. Go to Whipsnade or something, Dave. They'd love yeah, you up there. Yeah. You could be a yeah. tourist attraction. It looks, yeah, most probably I could. It looks really funny. They could feed me bananas, couldn't they? They could. Oh, dear. I mean, Dave, I'll be honest with you. I feel like a bit of a prat this morning. More of a prat than normal wearing this onesie. <laughs> w- when you wear your onesie, do you feel a bit stupid? I, I only put it on as a joke, really. But when I'm out with me, with me fair organ, sometimes I'll put it on and people have a laugh, yeah. Especially with a tail on there as well. I think you're kind of it's pushing it there. As well, yeah. That's what it is, yeah. I've got, got to make sure I put it the right way around, don't I? I mean, do yeah. you think we are the only two Muppets in Bed Tarts and Bucks who own a onesie when it comes to men? Do you think other men are going to phone in today and say, I also own a onesie? Oh, I doubt it very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see how we get on, Dave. It's great to talk to you. Have a good weekend. That was Dave. He's just weird. And this is Jilly. Jilly, Dave. just lastly, going yeah. on to something different here. I'm wearing a onesie this morning. Is it ever acceptable for men, grown, handsome men like me, to be wearing a onesie? What do you think, Jilly? <laughs> we manufacture them, so grown, ugly men, it's acceptable as well. Grown, ugly men? What are you saying, Jilly? <laughs> well, in case you're ugly and you just think you're handsome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thanks, Jilly. Okay. Bye. Bye. Jilly. In Kensworth. For beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh oh. Uh oh. You don't know you're beautiful. Thanks, Josh. No, it's not about you. Oh. Just the One Direction yeah. song? Oh. This week, 70,000 Muppets, I mean 70,000 people, went to London to see the One Direction film premiere. We asked on the programme, who did you scream for in your teens? And this is when we spoke to Linda. The Osmonds. Oh, the Osmonds. If One Direction are around in 50 years' time, (laughs) uh, it would be interesting if the fans are still doing it. But the Osmonds are, and I am, and I scream even louder at 52 than I did when, well, I was 13 when I first saw them. Linda, tell me what it is about the Osmonds that, that, that just gets you going, it gets you excited. Just lovely. They're lovely people. They're the original boy band. They could dance, they play every instrument, the harmonies, and, of course, Donnie was gorgeous. I See, was going to marry him when I was 14. Well, sadly, it didn't happen, but there's always time, Linda. There's still time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got a hug in 2008. <laughs> oh, right, you actually met them. So how, how did that happen then? I did. I paid for a meet and greet at the last of their fiftieth the fiftieth anniversary tour in London oh, at the O2. I'm, dre- um, I'm dreading to ask this question, but I'm going to. How uh, much did you pay to meet the Osmonds, Linda? Two hundred forty-eight pounds, but I would have paid treble. It was worth every penny. And how long did this meeting go on for? Well, you you work the line and the meet and greet, so you're you're holding each of their hands and they're talking to you, looking you in the eye. And then you're at their, uh, you're sitting there, the feet from them when they're doing their rehearsals. Um, it was just fantastic. I've and always been, I've always been fascinated by psychology. Do you, and do you know what, Linda? When you came on this program, your voice has completely changed. Now, at the beginning, it was, "Oh, hi, Justin." Yeah, and now about the Osmonds. Yes, I was there. I touched their <laughs> hands. I would pay treble. Oh, Donnie with those beautiful white teeth. <laughs> Everything's changing. You're going back to when you were 16 years old again, aren't you? Yeah, but it's even better when you're older. And they're older. You actually listen to them. And I, I stood so close to the stage, I could touch their feet. 
when I saw them in 1975 at 13, they were just a little dot on the screen mm. or dot on the stage. I was so far away. And now it's just better. Linda, just lastly, can you give me your... Um, and just stand back for the phone when you do this, because it is quite early in the morning. Can you give me your scream, would you mind? Gosh, I'm in a car park. Oh, you can do it for us, Linda. Come on, no, with the BBC. Got, I hold, no, I've got to close the window of my car. Yeah, oh, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't do justice, otherwise. We're building this up. Yeah, right, here we go. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Was that good? Yes. This is a free download from the BBC. For more information, go to bbc.co.uk slash podcasts. Now for a really exciting piece from last Tuesday. Oi, Dealey. Hello? I've heard you've been taking the mick out of me in the podcast. Oh, it's our reporter, Sophie Notanaria. Yeah, enough of that. Why are you putting all the bad stuff in? It's the truth and nothing but the truth. It is you with somebody singing happy birthday, there's some feedback on you, and you cheating. All of it's bad, you're slating me. You are in the podcast three times. You're taking the mickey. Hey, you're lucky to be in it three times. What about my foreign accent bit? What about that bit? It's the best bit of last week. It was funny. It was, it was about British people pretending that they were foreign. Don't remember that piece. Play, the, play it. Play the audio. It's the best bit. What's it worth? Just play go. But why should I play it? This is my podcast. Because I'm funny. You think you're funny. Put play the podcast. So what's this about again? What's it about? It's about it's about the story that seventeen percent of British people admitted to speaking English in a foreign accent because they were embarrassed that they couldn't speak the language when they got there. Oh that feature. Okay, I'll press play. Can you speak a foreign language, madam? No, I can't, no. When you can't order something in a restaurant, what do you say? Well, you talk in English, uh, order it in English, yeah. Do you ever put on a fake accent? Like a French one? No. Can you speak a foreign language? French, German, a little Italian, some Arabic. Mine coolie is kaput. Your what's kaput, coolie? Coolie. Coolie? Pen. Pen. That's not right, is it? No. Right. Do you ever make up an accent just to try no. and fit in? <laughs> give me, give me an accent. No, 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 no. I'm going to do not. a French one. Uh, Francais, can I have a baguette? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Great. Foreign languages? Can you speak one? I try, but then they just they just turn around and speak back to you in English. So. Well, give me your best line in French. Uh, bonjour, uh, je voudrais deux bières, s'il vous plaît. I like the way you put your French accent on when you do that, sir. Thank you very much. It's, it's very, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. Thank you. Don't be embarrassed. My husband's family is Italian, so it comes a bit easier for him. Can you ask for a lilo? Um, no, not a lilo. Can you speak a foreign language? No. So, <laughs> when you're on holiday, do you go yeah. abroad? I do. When you go abroad, do you get embarrassed because you can't sort of say anything? <laughs> I'll say it in a foreign accent, but no so where have you been recently? Um, I went to Ibiza. Ask for a lilo in, in a Spanish accent. <laughs> um, lilo. <laughs> you actually do you that? say it in the accent. <laughs> do you get embarrassed? <laughs> Can you speak a foreign language? Uh... A very small amount of German, but not really. You can't, can no, you? No, no. So you thought that was funny? Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, wasn't it? No. Can you go now? When's Ian back? On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. So... What do you think breast milk and dolphin impressions have got in common? 
That would be Emma Surrey from Welling Garden City in Hertfordshire, who over the last eight months has donated an incredible 40 litres of breast milk. It's something quite bizarre here. Oh, yeah. I- I've been told that you have spoken to Ian Lee in the past. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes, I'm standing in for Ian Lee. Yeah. Ian's back on Tuesday. It says here that, that, that you joined him on a, a previous radio station that he was working on. I and did. you did an impression of a dolphin. I did. Now, I how, did. how are we going to go from breast milk to a dolphin? <laughs> how does this work then, Emma? Um, what well, happened? Oh, well, it was, it was my daughter's naming day and um, I was up in the early hours baking a cake and I thought, oh, I need a digital radio. So, um, yeah, I just phoned him up, but I mm. hadn't heard him before or listened before and just phoned up, did the dolphin impression and won the radio and I still, I listen to BBC Three Counters on it every morning. Fantastic, good for you. So if you've done dolphin impressions for Ian Lee in the past, can I have one right now if you don't mind? <laughs> no. Oh, come on, Emma. <laughs> it's just gone completely off subject. It was supposed to be about the babies. I know, but we've done that. Can, can oh. we have a dolphin noise now? Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Now I know why you've spoken to Ian Lee, because he gets people to do weird things like that. Mind you, I've done it myself. Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't even know why I phoned up, but... <laughs> but he got you to do a dolphin noise. Oh, I think I knew I was going to do that before I phoned up, so it was my own fault. Yeah, I thought they were making that up when they put that in the notes, but clearly it's true. But back to subject... Yeah, your back advice, to subject. Back to subject, your advice is to mums out there, you can donate, do it, you're doing Please something do. great, and it will make you feel good. Yeah, it makes you feel brilliant. I feel very good about what I've done. And also, I suppose because I did have a traumatic time delivering Woody, and um, I guess in a way it actually did help me. Because yeah. I didn't see him be born, so because I was knocked out of general anaesthetic. So for me, I found it quite healing. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. This is the Ian Lee podcast, newly improved with me, Justin Dealey. Dennis in Dunstable is a regular caller to Ian's programme, isn't he, Kelly? He is. He rings all the time, every single day, without fail. And he often puts the phone down, doesn't he? He does. He did exactly the same to me. The cheek of it. Dennis is here. Morning, Dennis. Good morning, Justin. Hey, good morning to you, sir. Talking onesies, what would you like to say? Well, Churchill used to wear one during the war, known <laughs> as a siren suit. Right. The Yanks used to wear them all through the winter, but they were called BVDs, back-vented drawers, because mm. I, if you're caught short in a onesie, how long would it take you to get to the position where you could uh, relieve oh, I'll tell you what, Dennis, um, you, you're a good broadcaster on yourself. Um, you, you keep talking to our listeners about what you want to talk about, and I'll try it. Hold on. <laughs> oh dear, he's made a mess. That would take me, what, ten seconds? It's not a problem, Dennis. No, that's good. Well, the onesie's all right, as long as it's sort of khaki and uh, it's called an overall. No, this one's bright red with, yeah, well, uh, with, with BBC so written on it. You're right, you can be a, an engineer in a bright red suit. People look steer clear of you then. I've got some comments that are coming in here, Dennis. Uh, Dory says, yes, you can wear one, but only in the dark. Thank you for that. Martina says, oh dear. Uh, Reese says, uh, Justin looks quite nice in his onesie. Thank you for that. But the other thing is, Justin, mm. there was a young lady on there who's running a scarecrow competition. Why don't you give it a word? Because it'd make a beautiful scarecrow. Well, it's funny. No bird would come in miles of it. Hey, I tell you what, it's funny you should say that, because this onesie is going to the Flamstead Scarecrow Festival later <laughs> on this afternoon. <laughs> With you in it? No, not me in it, no. <laughs> but it will be going there. Thank you, I mean, Dennis. Well, obviously, it's, it's frightening the birds. Of all sorts. I thought we were friends. Thanks, Dennis. 
Good old Dennis, he needs to learn some phone etiquette. Now, on a Friday, Ian Lee ends the programme with a musical act. They're normally very good. They are booked by Kelly Betts. Thanks. Now, the first week I was standing in for Ian, we didn't have a musical act. Kelly, why didn't you book me a musical act, considering I'm standing in for Ian Lee? I didn't think that you would want one, because you're not really into your music. I present a music programme, Saturday mornings between 9 and 12. Do you? Yeah, great songs and great memories. Oh, is it? Yeah. And what happens? We play great songs and great memories. Do people ring in and stuff? Yes, they do. What, with requests? Yes. And what years is it? 1950 to 1989. That sounds good. Yeah. So what were we talking about again? Why you didn't book me a musical Oh, yeah. I I went out and I found you the best that I could at short notice. And the best... Being our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, with his melodica in the BBC Three Counties radio car park. This is painful. Uh, Paul, how do you feel? This has been obviously talked up a lot this week. Um, Ian Lee's had some fantastic musical acts on. Mm. To be quite honest with you, uh, we were short this week, so you're standing in. You're about to perform. How do you feel? Um, Humiliated, excited, nervous, uh, meaningful. I mean, nobody's phoned up to say they've also got a melodica, a bit like you. Apparently, you're, you're the only sad person in beds, hearts and bucks to have a melodica. Uh, I, I can live with that. Okay. So we're about to hear you. Mm. What, what are you about to perform for well, us? Well, I might play uh, a, a track uh, by the uh, French disco outfit Daft Punk. OK, let's hear it. Take <laughs> it away. Yes, and we were thinking, ah, why did we book this man? He was dreadful. Would you like to hear some more jokes? You would? OK. Uh, Kelly Betts is back in the studio from our production team. Hi, Kells. Oh, hi. Hi. hi yeah. uh, we're talking hey. jokes today, unfunny jokes. Um, the funniest joke at the Edinburgh Fringe has been named. We've been asking you for your jokes today. Um, Kelly is our joke adjudicator. Going to end on a couple of these. Pat says, hi, Justin. My mother-in-law was round this morning. She's even bigger this afternoon. <laughs> That's rubbish. I thought that wasn't bad, actually. Mm. And um, Jackie has also been in touch with the programme with her joke, 81333, start your message with 3CR. Three parrots at the top of three chutes, two slide down safely, and the third one died. His parrot chute failed to open. Out of ten. One. This is a free download from the BBC. For more information, go to bbc.co.uk slash podcasts. Now, if I asked you to name a classic hit record, you may name the Beatles' Help, The Kinks, You Really Got Me, ELO, Mr Blue Sky, or even Sabrina, Boys, Boys, Boys. All of those classic hit records. Well, Jonathan Vernon-Smith, who presents the Mid-Morning programme, has a very different idea of what a classic record sounds like. Good morning. What's well, going oh, good on? Good morning. Why, good morning. Why has Helen Lee just arrived? You're so What's... nervous, don't you? What's going on? GCSE results, Yeah. GCSE results? Yeah, it is. It? No, I didn't. Now, I said to you, I had a little treat for you. Yes, come yeah. on, You ready for this? Ziggy Marley yeah, and the Melody Ziggy Marley. That's Tumbling all done down. down. 
Oh, oh. See, this is... Somebody this was a classic, now. wasn't it? You call that a classic? <laughs> <laughs> Where did you get hold of that? Please, don't open up a record shop. I've got this classic. I it's thought from that... Ziggy Marley, everyone. I thought I was the only person in the world that had Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers. Oh, my world did come tumbling down when I got that out of my collection last <laughs> night. I thought, what's that doing in my collection? <laughs> I bet you did. Well, I bet you thought you'd never hear that. Ziggy Marley and classic in the same sentence. On Thursday, it was GCSE Results Day, and we had some fun and banter in the studio. 8.24. Now, this morning, thousands of children from across Bed Sarts and Bucks, they're going to be opening up their GCSE results. Well, on the day they sat their maths exam, some of our presenters and tea makers here at BBC Three Counties Radio also took the exam. Their efforts have been marked, and we have our brown envelopes to open today. I was one of them. Our reporter and cheat, Sophie Solaria. She was another one. Hi, Soph. Stop it. And uh, also in the studio is uh, the lovely Helen Lee, who would never cheat, would you, Helen? I'd never cheat. Because you're a nice person, that's why. Yeah. I'm holding yours. Do you want it? Uh, you, you're yeah, eager for it. You're eager for it. Hand it over. Hand it okay. over. In fact, shall we have a quick listen to um, Sophie, first of all, and how she cheated? Oh, <laughs> leave her alone. Sake. Would you be interested in hearing that? Helen, I didn't cheat. I know you're a fine, upstanding pillar of the community, he Sophie Solaria. texting me. He was texting me. My phone was downstairs by my, my computer. Exam. I've got the proof. You two, get a room. Seriously. OK, maybe not. Um, right, so, before we open up these results, um, I think it's in the interest of our listeners that we play some audio here. Uh, we, <laughs> took, we took the GCSE maths exam <laughs> a few months ago, and I was at the front. Sophie Soleri was behind me. And uh, this is what happened. Just take a listen to this. Well, we were told at the start of the exam that we weren't allowed to have calculators. As I look under the desk... What's this? That isn't a calculator. That's your, my phone that you keep texting me on. It's not a calculator. You've been rumbled. I haven't been, <laughs> been rumbled. Mm. I haven't been rumbled. That is you texting me. Stop texting me. Show me what's under the desk now. I'm going to show you what's under the oh, desk. My cheap skirt. <laughs> Justin! What have you got? It's my phone. It's a calculator! It's not a... F- it's a calculator! It's not a calculator! <gasps> oh, my goodness. You can see it get out of my face. Wowzers. Trying to work. We've discovered a cheat at the BBC. How does that make you feel? Justin. Hmm. I'm, I'm serious. People are listening to this. Yeah, I don't yeah. Want our listeners are. Yeah, you're right. I don't want people to think that I'm a cheat. I'm not you a cheat. You are. Come on. I have to say that you are probably one of the most irritating people I've ever had to be in school with. Well, because I've caught you. No, because you're because you're talking to me during an exam. Because you're cheating. Sorry, Ollie. Sorry. Just admit you're cheating, Sorry. and we'll draw a line under it. I'm not admitting anything. That's why I'm the top reporter at BBC Three Counties Radio because <laughs> I get it. stories from nowhere. <laughs> okay, I think it was important to play that before we open up these results. I'm not rising to this. No. No. Um, where are you at the moment, by the way, Soph? I'm at the Grange School in Aylesbury. Behind me, I can see lots of anxious faces. There are GC- real live students, by the way, that have taken their GCSEs, not just us jokers. Live students. Real live students waiting, desperate, chomping at the bit to come over and show me what they got in their um, results, mainly because they can't open their envelopes until I've spoken to them. Mm. How bad is that? I feel really uh, bad about that. I think it's bad, but it's kind of good. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Let's build them up. So, OK, we took our GCSE maths exams. We heard you cheating. Guys, get the results open right now. Let's start with Helen Lee, who's a right. lovely person. She would never cheat. I should add, I got a C in 1995 in maths. Did you? What did I get That's this time good, Helen. I got... Oh, no! This is appalling. <gasps> OK. What did you get? I got D. 
64 out of 100. Says you had a good memory for the difficult things you learned in school, but unfortunately made little mistakes on the basics. I am devastated. Oh, Helen. A D? Mm. A woman of my calibre with a D in maths? I know, I know, but you know the circumstances weren't great. We know what was going on inside that room. Should we find out how Sophie got them? Yes. Right, so I have to qualify this by saying I don't remember when I took my GCSE, but I did get a C last time. Okay. Anything I get now, I want to say, is fair and square. I did get this actual result. Can we have the result, please? All right. Oh, I got a D as well. This is, got dis- a C. This is so I got distressing. 67 out of 100. So that's what? Three more than you, Helen? Yeah. Wow. All right. So, she, she, yeah. Got a D. A D. she got a D even by cheating. Oh, but listen, yeah. you were just five marks away from a C, the highest score you could have got on this paper. Ah, uh, okay. yes. Okay. We took the foundation, we took the easy paper. Enough yeah. about you. I'm presenting this programme. Right, here's my results. High hopes, Justin. High oh, hopes. Get a U. Go on. <laughs> Say that again. Get, hope it's a U. It is a U. Oh, brilliant! Justin well, Dealey. 20 out of 100. What a disgrace. <laughs> I have a feeling that you gave up halfway through this paper, which in actual fact, I've been saying all morning, I walked out of the exam in disgust. Have I not been saying that this morning? I 20. think you didn't take it seriously. 20 was the problem. out of 100. That's because you were texting me. No. All the way through. It's because I walked out in protest. You're a distraction. You're a failure. What were you protesting against? The cheating. That was going on. Oh, the che- yeah. oh, the cheating. Yeah. Not the, not that you hadn't done the work. So no, no, it was, it was, it was, it was the cheating. Mm. It was the cheating. Mm. You finished now, Soph? I'm going to go and find some people that actually have results that are important. Anything else to add? No. Okay, Helen. Uh, thanks for coming in for us. No problem. I was going to get my um, my personalised number plate changed to Clever Clogs One, but I don't think yeah. I'm going to bother now. Not based on a D. Not on a D. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, lastly, on the Ian Lee podcast with me, Justin Dealey, on Friday's show, we did... So Justin. Th- oh, Justin, just quickly. Yeah. Um, we've got a call coming in for you. Call on line one. Hello? Dealey? Who's this? Dealey, it's Ian Lee. What's, what's going on? Oh, I'm doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. I'm, I'm on my luxury holiday in my luxury apartment in Greece, and I just got a message through that you, you're doing... Uh, you're doing the podcast. I don't. I don't get it. You don't do a podcast. I do a podcast. No, no. I'm I, not there. Therefore, there's no podcast. No, I'm doing the podcast. It, it's not the Justin Dealey show. It's the Ian Lee show, and it's the Ian Lee podcast. No, no, no. You're, you're wrong. You're wrong. All right, go on. Go, go, tell me. Tell me two good things you've got in the podcast. Me opening up my GCSE results. Oh Jesus. And Hemel yeah. being voted the ugliest town in the UK. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, fair point. No, the thing is, though, Dealey, I, I put a lot of work in. It took me yeah. eight months to get this podcast up and running. I put a lot of work in to get into the news and politics uh, section. It has, at various points, been in the top ten of the news and politics. It's now dropped out of it, of course. But I will not allow you, and I'm serious about this, mate, I will not allow you to ruin all of the good work and the effort that I've put into this. So um, I am forbidding you, uh, and if I had any legal means of doing it, I would. You are not allowed. I'm, I'm really, I'm genuinely annoyed. You are not allowed to put a podcast out. Ian, it's too late. Yeah. It's too late. It's done. Oh, you're... S- Bye. Thanks for listening to this free download from BBC Three Counties Radio, your local radio station for beds, hearts and bucks, on FM, AM, digital radio, and online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. 